Pubcast. Where they asked me, um, what would you do if you had no excuses? And I had had some experiences at Kripalu and, you know, that were very uh, heart opening, uh, as we were talking earlier. And uh, what popped in my head is I wanted to be a yoga teacher. And that's kind of how I got on that path. And, and then, you know, just all the work that you're talking about, like doing the chakra work and, you know, all the, the various, the yamas and niyamas and all the various <laughs> philosophies. I love that. Um, and the work, you know, with the postures and releasing energy through yoga was very uh, attractive to me as well. And so, you know, the whole thing kind of just started off a avalanche of, uh, you know, holistic but mystical uh, exploration, which has been wonderful and continuing. Welcome to the Liberated Healer Podcast, where we touch on a variety of topics in the world of spirituality, energetic healing, and everything in between and beyond. Take an adventure on a shooting star with your hosts, Gina and Linnea, offering their wisdom, guidance, and everlasting love and support. Hi, everybody. My name is Gina Cavalier, and this is the Liberated Healer podcast. I'm the Liberated Healer. And today we have the lovely Donna Ferris on, and she's an author. She has a book called We're Got to Stop Meeting Like This, A Memoir of Misconnections. Welcome, Donna. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a, a joy and an honor to be here. Oh, thank you. We really appreciate your time and energy and the I know writing a book is a is a big undertaking, and you have a pretty interesting story that I really related to. So, um, why don't you just tell us a little bit of how you got here? Sure. Um, well, uh, I I basically went through three years of pretty difficult times. Um, you know, I started off with uh, getting betrayed by my husband. Uh, getting divorced, uh, and then I fell in love with somebody um, very, and so I wouldn't have ever found him if that hadn't happened. Uh, and then about a year or so into that, my mother died, and then um, I lost another person very close to me. So I kind of had these repeated issues, you know, really pretty difficult life changes and and losses in a brief period of time. So I had to kind of figure out my way to to get through them. Uh, muscling through it wasn't working anymore. Yeah. Um, by the time I got to the third loss, I would call them all losses. I just wasn't able to to do that anymore. I had to I had to really sit down and face it. And and so uh, in in that process, I was writing a book. I thought it was going to be a different book than what it <laughs> ended up as. But um, that process really helped me find a list of tools and 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 things that I, that are helpful to people going through major change and and loss. You know, I also do workshops. I do workshops on that, but I also do workshops on like second chance love and other things. So it's there's a lot of you know great wisdom that you learn um, and you know gather during these times, and and that's really yeah. what I'm out sharing uh, in the book and then in other ways. And you also had you know you overcame um, alcoholism. Yes. And um, and then found also yoga. So that's, that's the mind body wellness part of it all. So, um, how I feel, you know, I was also betrayed in my marriage. And so I understand how, uh, I remember that buckling, you were describing your, your legs buckling underneath you. And I literally brought me back to when it happened to me and the same exact thing, you know, it's so weird how that's the only time I could ever remember my legs falling out from underneath me. And it's such a physical reaction to such an emotion thought, emotional thought. 
Um, and I remember I did drink a little pretty a good amount after that. Um, so um, I just want to get into a little bit of that and how you found yoga and how that helped you also transition. Yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting. When I started this journey, I, I would never have been able to say the sentence I'm about to say, which is, I think I had started off a yoga journey thinking that that was a way for me to get over my daughter, my oldest daughter leaving for school in the fall. What I, I think the universe did was put that um, experience of wanting to becoming a yoga teacher and eventually a yoga therapist in my path so that I could get through what was going to happen to me in the next three years. Um, again, I would never have said that in the beginning of this journey. I would not have believed in the universe. I wouldn't believe that all this stuff is, is you know, destined to happen. But, but that's, what, that's what I learned along the way. So having that yoga practice and then doubling down on it. So I went from, you know, I was originally only going to do a 250 hour uh, training. And then I, I, you know, threw on top of that an 800 uh, uh, hour training, a three year tr certification. And uh, I, you know, in the book, I even say to my um, yogi teacher at the time, uh, I think I might be addicted to yoga. And he says, there are worse things. <laughs> and <laughs> And I think, you know, I certainly, as you kind of alluded to earlier, I certainly dipped into the other worst things like, you know, drinking too much. Um, but I think the yoga really helped me a lot. Um, and then just it opened, it was a gateway for me. So it opened up me into Reiki and mysticism and, you know, Oracle cards and I'm working on astrology now. So, I mean, I think it opened to a lot of different things that uh, yeah, I would have just thought we're, um, too flaky maybe then, you know, I, you know, I yeah. apologize to anybody that was offended by that, but, but that was my mindset. I would roll my eyes when I, when those types of things would come up and, and, you know, now, uh, I'm much wiser. Yeah. We have a lot of, you know, people that do roll their eyes, but, um, it's, it's becoming a little bit more acceptable to have these kind of conversations and, and. Yeah. Um, I actually really enjoy that. That's why I have all these different topics on my show because, it, you know, I actually believe in so many things. But, um, yeah, uh, when when you get the bug and you and you your heart opens up to another potential that's outside of yourself, um, it's and now you're doing a straw. I mean, it's it's just so it's fun. It's just like it's it's almost like this whole new universe opens up and then whatever you're relating to, um, you can go towards that. And, um, I think it does help through like we, I talk about this a lot because I started the liberated healer to help people with, to combat suffering, mm -hmm. um, to have ways to release that with anxiety. Cause you know, people were getting, especially, um, teenagers so overwhelmed with anxiety and, um, loss of life purpose. And, you know, they need to hear other stories like yours, where you've gone through major, 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 major heartbreaking things, and then um, built this path, you know, to get that. So you also was it got involved with the animal rescue as well, because that's my path too. <laughs> I love animals so much. And and I was deprived. I um my ex-husband was not, and, and, and don't get me wrong, not a, he's not a bad person. He's a good, yeah. he's a good father. He's a caring father. He just didn't like animals. So I was deprived of a dog for, for 23 years. No. So yeah, it was awful. And so like, so, you know, really six months after we separated, I had a dog, I, you know, I adopted a dog and, and he really adopted us, I think is, is happens, mm -hmm. you know, 
Um, and then a year later, I adopted another dog. I actually was fostering a dog and, and failed. So I ended yeah. up uh, adopting uh, Jake. So yeah, that was really helpful. I mean, I think the animals teach us so much. I, I'm sure I'm not going to tell you anything you don't already know, but I learned so much, especially from my, um, from Jake, uh, the second dog. Yogi actually um, passed away just uh, recently, which was sad. Mm -hmm. But um, but Jake, I learned so much for him because he has anxiety too. He's an anxious pup. And, mm -hmm. you know, he, when he, when he sees something that's going to be anxious, he goes off and distracts himself a little bit, you know, mm -hmm. he, he sniffs something or whatever. And then when the, when the, you know, the anxiety producing thing, usually a dog um, walks away, he, he goes back about his duty. It's just really kind of fun. You can learn a lot from how dogs react to things. And one of the biggest things I learned is that there's so much of what, how we react, we kick ourselves for, but a lot of it is really instinct mm -hmm. and we can't turn off instinct. We can love instinct and say, hey, thank you so much. Like Tara Brock will say, thank you so much for trying to take care of me. But yeah. I don't need that right now. There's no bears that are attacking me. I don't have to run. I don't have to freak out. I don't have to, you know, uh, come back with anger. So I think, you know, animals are wonderful um, to help us with that. So you're kind of speaking my language as in like, that's the root chakra that opens up and it floods. Um, we right. talk about that quite a bit because... It, yeah, it was originally installed into our being to help us get that super adrenaline to run from a bear. But right now what happens is a loss of a job, a loss of a, a loved one, um, or just fear of society uh, failures, uh, things like that. And it just, it, it's a chemical that floods your body and all the way up in the, and then the mind as well. And then that's how you get overloaded. And that's how suicides actually, to me, I believe, start to, because I was very suicidal and one of the reasons why I built this channel, um, without the meditation techniques and, um, and yoga, actually, I really love yoga too. I, I feel, I feel really guilty right now. Cause I'm like, I have to go do yoga. It's been a while, but, um, it was such a sanctuary for me to go do that. So how did the yoga kind of, um, help you connect, um, to your higher self and, and help relieve some of the pain you were going through. Yeah, thank you. And thanks for sharing all that. I think I, I think it's really, really helpful. I um so I lived with anxiety. I've had anxiety since I was young. Um and as I talk about in the book, I was abused as a child. So that I think I had a genetic predisposition to it, but I think when you go through trauma, it it, it certainly makes it worse. So for me, and like many people, you know, as we talked about with anxiety, even little things can can trip, right? And we can feel like we're we, we hit some of those really negative things like, you know, feeling left behind or I'm going to be, you know, or I'm going to be, I'm going to die because um, I'm not part of the social circle and be left behind. It's all those, there's all these like little things that happen. So yoga helps you um, downregulate your nervous system. I think that's mm -hmm. the simplest thing, right? And so when I first started doing yoga, I did it as part of, you know, alleviating the anxiety and trying to, to deal with that. But I don't think I understood at all what it was doing. Right. You don't know what you don't know why you feel good at the end of the yoga class, but, you know, you do. And yeah. one of the things I do when I teach is I tell I ask people how they feel in the beginning of class and how they feel at the end of class. And all I'm trying to do is it's like I think of it as a golf anal analogy. You know, whenever anybody gets a hole in one in golf, they're like absolutely going to keep golfing. I kind of feel the same way about, you know, the Shavasana or the rest period at the end of yoga. If I make sure that people understand that this is, you know, you're having this experience, they'll tend to come back. 
And, yeah. and that's what was happening to me, you know, going to yoga alleviated some of this stress. And I knew that if I kept going, it was, it was only going to be better as I kept going. I started to get a muscle built. Um, and then, you know, then I had this thing where I, uh, I happened to go to Kripalu Institute in Stockbridge, Mass with a friend, uh, a new friend uh, for a weekend. And I went to this session where they asked me, um, what would you do if you had no excuses? And I had had some experiences at Kripalu and, you know, that were very uh, heart opening uh, as we were talking earlier. And uh, what popped in my head is I wanted to be a yoga teacher. And that's kind of how I got on that path. And, and then, you know, just all the work that you're talking about, like doing the chakra work and, you know, all the, the various, the yamas and niyamas and all the various <laughs> philosophies. I loved that. Um, and, the work, you know, with the postures and releasing energy through yoga was very uh, attractive to me as well. And so, you know, the whole thing kind of just started off a avalanche of, uh, you know, holistic but mystical uh, exploration, which has been wonderful and continuing. I think you, I really liked your writing style uh, and your storytelling style. It really brought you in into your story in a way that's um, very easy to um you know, get into the, to the visualization of what you're trying to explain. So I know that's really hard to do, especially if you haven't done it. I always cheer authors because it's a huge giant labor of love. You know, um, I, I've written some children books and some scripts and things like that. And awesome. Um, you know, while you're in it, you can't be thinking about money or what's going to happen in the future of it. You, you're just telling the story at the best way you can. And so it isn't easy. And you know, it, it, you know, it's just something that we should be commended. Um, Thank you. Thank yeah, you. it's hard. And I, I, I just always appreciate, that's why I have a lot of authors on the show because I respect them so much and I understand that, how that works. Um, Thank you. Thank yeah. You. Oh, gosh. Um, I don't know. I was having a moment because, um, so you got in, I was, I, I'm kind of curious about, so you had this kind of one life and then you this kind of switched it all. Did you wind up be as you're going through becoming woo-woo in a way? <laughs> as I call it, I call it woo-woo. Did you um like lose some friends or was it did you feel like you had to I remember when I started to get even more into it, it was I was like secretly playing with tarot cards or something like that. Yep. And you know, going to like little retreats secretly and I wouldn't talk to anybody about it. And then after a while I was like, no, I would do what I love to do and right. enjoy it. And whoever likes it, likes it. But I think that for me, that was, there was a period of shame in there for my friends that weren't into it. Did you, um, did you experience that? Or? I think I have a group of friends that are surprised of this person. I think that most of them have stuck by me though. I mean, most of them have stayed in the I think they were shocked, certainly, because I mean, I was a pretty, my, my daughter calls me, you know, I mean, um, my oldest daughter, she just calls me that, you know, you, you are, you were like the serious, hard charging corporate, black leather wearing, you know, designer carrying corporate person. And um, I was, I mean, that was a persona. It was a, it was a, it was a shell that had to come off. And I think I'm still friends with a lot of those people, um, but I've picked up so many new people along the way um and my need for people has changed too i think mm -hmm. i think i was a lot more needy um back then i think now i'm a lot more settled uh i i was a closet introvert and i 
uh, but I, my job and my life inquired, required me to be extroverted, which I think triggered a lot of my drinking actually. Um, so as I have undone the drinking, I think the drinking change is probably one of the bigger changes. I think that has changed friendships. I think, um, and I'm, I'm okay with that. I think yeah. that's, I think that's okay. I, but I, I, I do think that that happens. I think that if you were a person that drank with people and that was wine was a big part of your life and doing wine tastings and things like that. Um, I went to my first wedding um, and I've been sober over 500 days, but this was my first wedding. And that was a chance. That was a thing. I mean, it was, yeah. I was very sober um, and it, I had to hold on to it. I had to really hold on to it because it was, it was hard uh, and, 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 and no judgment to anybody around me. They were, they were um, yeah. handling their, they were handling it the way people handle it at weddings, which is yeah. fine. It just wasn't my scene. And, and I just had to pull myself out of it a lot. Um, so I think that's something you, you, you do have to know. Um, and, in, 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 I've gone to tons of happy hours and tons of events with drinking, but I think weddings and certain events like that, where it's so, um, such a big part of it, I think it's really hard. I think it's it well, just have one, right. And then you start to have that well, conversation with yourself. Yeah, exactly. And I, I mean, and I didn't want to do that. I knew that I, you know, I know all the reasons that I don't want to do it anymore. Um, but it just seems like, I mean, I, but I never had been wedding me sober, right? Who am I at a wedding mm -hmm. sober? It was, that's what I had to figure out. Like who, what do I do? Because everybody else is drunk. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. what, what is that? And you can't have conversations with drunk people when you're sober. It's really hard. So. Um, oh, I know. It's pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's um, and you know, and, and it's okay. I mean, I, I, like I said, I, I get it. So I think that's the thing that's probably changed the most. So yoga wasn't as, wasn't as changing of the, I think everybody kind of like liked the newer me. I mean, I was a lot easier to be around, I believe, yeah. but I think that the sober me is, is still in progress. I think figuring that piece out is still in progress. I've noticed a lot of corporate people are kind of reshaping their lives. Um, most of them have gotten sick or have lost relationships and not saying some people really thrive in corporate environments, uh, but they usually have a balance. People I know that they, whether it's some certain faith or some certain, and they have a exercise routine and their family, um, they just have a, a healthier balanced lifestyle so they can take it in smaller doses. But I've, I have seen a lot of people that, you know, was, it was going against their grain and it's over time, it just wears you down and wears you down. And it's, and yeah. it's really hard to admit, well, what, what does my life look like if I'm not this corporate person and shedding that identity, um, the title, uh, and you know, the one funny thing I remember about being in a corporate world was you work so hard for that title, you know, and that promotion. And then you so hard. You almost just like kind of, yeah. You just do everything you need to do to get there, and then you get the title, and then the next day they announce it, and you add it on to your salutation, and then I don't know. All of a sudden, it was like that was it. <laughs> is that all there is? I get it. Really better, and then you're like, oh, and now you're not living your life. You feel like it has no purpose because th those words really don't hold anything. They don't matter. I know. Yeah. I think that's. 
there's a ha there's a hamster wheel, right? That we are on, and and I wrote an article. I, it's probably one of my favorites. It's um, it ties in uh, Anthony Bourdain, um, his documentary, mm -hmm. and he had a, a um, soon before he died, and he committed suicide. If you don't know the story, um, yeah. he actually wrote to his friend, or he or he had said something to his friend um, that they remembered and pulled into the the documentary that he he was questioning his, his success. He says by all by all. Uh, measures. I am a success, but I am incredibly unhappy, and um, and so the article is really about my life to a certain extent, where you know I had the the car I wanted and the beach house, and I had a lot of these things, right? And I mean, I wasn't incredibly rich, but we had we were doing well, and um, I was incredibly sad and lonely and um, depressed and anxious in a lot of ways. And the into your I think to your point. Too, the, the sacrifice wasn't worth it to me anymore. Um, so I think that's true. I think that you, a lot of people go through these are phases. We think that the the material things or these different achievements are going to give us, um, you know, happiness. And the, the reality is, is we create our own happiness, right? And so, and we have to find our own joy and love to ourselves, and then uh, everything else kind of flows. But I, I think we always have these things. We always have kind of these things that we think are going to make it better. Like when you write a book, you, no matter how many people love it, it's, you know, it's never going to be enough. You can't market it enough. And you, I think each, you have these, these, um, not challenges, but these learnings that you have to go through. Like, you know, when I write my next book, it, I will be more rational about it, you know, yeah. about, about the whole process and what I'm going to get out of it. I mean, I think the thing that I've got out of the book, I thought, oh, everybody's going to read it. No, you know what I've gotten out of the book is, is speaking to to you and, and to yeah. other people and, and learning from people. I found so many great um, uh, readers and writers and podcasters and people that are just giving back. And, and the yeah. speaking part of it, I so just surprised that that was going to be such a joy for me. And it has been. So you yeah. just don't know. You just have no idea what you're doing when you do well, things. Yeah. And, you it's know. such a big creative expression, you know, when you create something energetically and put it out in the world like that, though, it's, it is a release. It is. The, the biggest release. And I think the reason why I'm going down this corporate um, talk is because I know that a lot of people, um, it helps them to hear that there are other people that have gone through that and then have turned around and found things. And so to me, that's a part of a journey. So it's, you know, you have to really just go, Oh, I, like you were saying, I didn't, you didn't even like yoga in the beginning. And then you learned to like it. Right? And so I think that the one time I was really having a hard time, I kind of felt very empty and I felt very alone I went and uh, volunteered at a rescue, a dog rescue, because I knew I loved animals and that they, they're, they're voiceless and mm. they need help. And so I did start working at a um, animal rescue and, you know, I quit a very high paying job and I was picking up dog poop, you know, and, but that journey just that the sadness that was in my, in my soul at that moment just started to really fall away, just seeing something that needed me. And then I started having more smiles and then, and then I was like, Oh, okay, I need to help that animal. And so I started to get back to myself, but you have to like baby step it, but you have to have awareness. Like I'm depressed. I'm sad. Why? What are the things I like and write them down? And I would just be like animals. <laughs> Okay. And, and sometimes that's all there 
I mean, I mean, it's so, and I think that's, I mean, that's a, a great um, example right there because you found yeah. something and, and probably something spoke to you in your brain and said, okay, animals is the thing that's going to make me happier. And that's a big part of like going through grief and loss um, and change really is that it's a really hard time. And if you, I love this idea by Maria Soros, which is if you can think of something that makes you 3% happier each day, and that's about all we can take, right? Is all we can manage or imagine is 3% happier. What is that one thing? And like for me, yesterday was a really kind of a crazy day and I, I had a lot on my mind. Um, you know, I, this this stuff that's managing change with grace stuff that I talk about, I'm applying very heavily right now in, in a, with a big change in my life. And I was like, the only thing I'm going to make sure that happens today is I'm going to go out and walk my dog. That's it. Like, if I don't get anything else today, this will be it. And, and I have those non-negotiables. And that made my day just enough better that I could say, okay, I'm, I'm going to be all right. You know, I'm going to, I can, I can, and I keep stacking it. Somebody, some, one of the people that I've talked to, they call it habit stacking. And, and I like that idea. You just keep stacking the little habit. And then someday, you know, it, it takes time, but someday, you know, you feel lighter um and you're able to see a positive outcome you're able to v envision that it might get better and i think you know the one thing that i do want to kind of come back to in the corporate thing is that i'm still in corporate america i'm just in a different job so and i continue i kind of leveled my job a little bit i kind of sidelined my job but if you're you know what's interesting is the things that I've learned in yoga and yoga therapy and all the, the woo woo stuff actually is helping me in my career. I mean, I don't come out and say, Hey, by the way, you know, I, I am noticing that, you know, you're having issues with your root chakra. I don't say that, but I can tell, right. I can tell, you can tell what people are wearing. Like you can, you can just do a color analysis on somebody and see that there's something going on or, you know, whatever. And I, I mean, I, it's helpful. It's been very helpful for me in my, in my work. So. Yeah, I totally agree. Like you could, like I've taken side projects as well, which I'm doing right now. And I, but I do apply the grounding and the meanings and all that stuff. And um, yeah, so you've just become a person that can um, still be in that world. It's just a different world. And um, also I, what I've sensed with you is um the the change of identity that you had during your first marriage you know there's this shedding of um that's another big thing for people uh, other than just like title of corporate america is that but that i'm a married woman and i have a kid this and that and i think that that's just a big shame thing that happens you know um that identity that you take off and then and then you talk about it in your book where you're like posting all these happy pictures and then you're like, oh shit, like I'm going to get a divorce. And now that image of my family is different. Yeah. Can you talk yeah. a little bit about that struggle and that how to find the courage to kind of leave that behind? Yeah. You know, it's funny, even when you said that, my heart kind of clenched a little bit. I think that's a, that's a really insightful um, thing that you noticed. I, I, and it is a big deal. I think we hold on, I was holding on to a marriage um, that was effectively dead, right? We weren't really connecting. I was leaving the marriage. I mean, it, it, the, the, the joy of writing a book is you can't run away from yourself. And in the book, it was very clear to me as I was writing, I had already left him. He just, you know, again wish wish i had not been betrayed but i was already out of the marriage in many ways so 
but I was staying because I was married. This is what we do. You know, yeah. this is how we do it. Um, and, and we had a thing together. We had a, we had money, we had this whole structure that would have fallen apart. And I was just unwilling to, to imagine that. And I, and I was worried about the kids. I mean, I was counting, I would get up in the morning and count how many years I had until my youngest was going to college. I mean, I would do it on my hands. Okay. I got five years. I got four years. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just not fair to somebody else. I mean, I, I yeah. caught to that. So I think, yeah, I think that's a real thing. And I think that, um, I think this is a little bit risky to say, but I, I think if you're unhappy in your marriage and you've done everything, which I had, I, if you've done everything to try to work on that, but you, you really aren't with that person anymore, I don't know if you're doing anybody any favors, but that's, that's something that you should explore with a therapist and, and with yourself, you know, but I, sure. I, I think for me, I wasn't doing anybody any favors by staying in that unhappy marriage. Um, and I, but also, I, I know that, I know that's controversial. I, I always like to talk to people as well too, that you can change your story too down, down the line and which is hard to do when you're in it and you're, <laughs> when you're depressed and you're having yeah. a good time, but years later, as you heal, I'll always like to remind people, especially somebody who's going through something really hard. Um, if you do the work in a, in a way that's deep enough and, and, and true um, to your own path, you get this to this point where um, people love to bring up the past. Um, so I'll have friends be like, you remember that one time? And I'm like, mm, not really, because I've almost don't really, I've, I've taken the trauma and I worked on the trauma so hard that I almost changed my own life story. Like those things don't even, they're, they're not even memories anymore. They're almost like another person mm -hmm. and you can get that much healing. It takes a lot, a lot of work, but you can get there. And I felt so good when it, when people would bring up things and I'd be like, just doesn't resonate with any, is that really me? I don't even barely remember that person, you know? Yeah. So healing can you, oh, I feel like almost that I have a totally different, like I have two lives is life. <laughs> I yeah. have the first half of my life and I have this new person and maybe I'll have a third person. I don't know. But I think that that's neat because, um, you, yeah, you don't have to follow any guidebook. You could change everything. You can let all that go if you wanted to. It's not even a part of my story anymore, even like abuse. Um, yeah. I've let it go to the point where I'm like, really? What? I was abused? Oh, yeah, I kind of forgot. Like, it, there's no charge on it anymore. That's amazing. But that's, that's amazing. That's that you can get there. And so I like to remind that to people because sometimes you have like a trauma, a supercharging. Yeah. You really and you're living in it. You can, and everybody has their own path. And that's why we have a lot of various different people on. So, well, um, I want to thank you for coming on today and sharing your story. And is there anything kind of like you want to kind of end on or um, some, you know, inspiring words or affirmations or a meditation takeout or kind of? Yeah, I, you know, I tend to, and when I'm given this opportunity, so thank you very much, and thank you very much for having me on, is is to say that it's something pretty simple, which is that you can do anything that you put your mind to. I think that uh, a lot of times we get stuck. Um, when we've talked a lot about those types of things, stuck in marriages, stuck in jobs, um, and I, you know, I am an example of somebody who was incredibly stuck, and you know, over time, uh, worked my way out of that, and and I'm 
you know, never thought I would write a book, never thought I would get married again, never thought I would find a job that would allow me to to do all the kinds of things like we're talking about, you know, the meditation and wellness techniques in corporate America. But if you make the intentions um, and make steps toward them a little bit at a time, you can get there. And so I hope to end on that. Um, if you're interested in learning more about that, I, you can always come to my website and find me. Donna Ferris Yoga is the best way to Google me. But I, I do think I, I like to end on that, uh, that anything is possible. You just have to put your mindset toward it. Yes. And Donna, uh, what is the name of your book again, please? We've got to stop meeting like this. It's going to be, <laughs> there you go. It's got all the stickies with all the, with all the answers in it, but that's the name of the book. <laughs> we do have to stop meeting like this. <laughs> well, thank you so much today. This has been the, the Liberated Healer podcast. This is Gina Cavalier and uh, bye for now. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, you can find us online at theliberatedhealer.com, on Instagram at Liberated Healer Podcast, or on Facebook at The Liberated Healer. Give us a follow, subscribe, send us a message if you so feel, and thank you for your support.
Pubcast. <laughs>